Stand to your feet if you would this morning. You stand all over the congregation, and I want you to give the Lord Jesus Christ a great round of applause. He is worthy this morning to receive our praise. Amen. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, you don't even know how tired they are. You got up this morning, got your coffee, and didn't know which tie to wear. They were on the road. They got back yesterday. They were all the way down in Oklahoma for a week in youth camp in 180-degree weather. Then they came back, rested a few days, got ready with their talents and all of the things you'll hear about in a few minutes, and got on the road, and went to Cleveland, Tennessee. In the Church of God, we always call that the New Jerusalem. <laughs> Just kidding. So proud of them all week long. And the Lord used their gifts, you know, God gives gifts and they take those gifts and part of the teen talent competition for the Church of God young people all over the entire world who gathered by the thousands in Tennessee this week. They were all there doing one thing. They were excelling at giving their gift of excellence to God and doing it to the best of their ability. Somebody said years ago, they said, oh, I don't care about all that. I respect that. That's fine. But I loved watching them. I, I loved watching them as they would get ready. And I, I drove down there. I'm a pastor that will go support our youth pastor and the young people. And, and I went down there. Several parents, several parents went down there. A couple of other, other youth leaders. He had leaders that were part of the, the leadership team to lead the group and then he had other leaders that came and just a lot of adults that were there to support and love the young people but I loved watching them even when they were nervous and even when they were they had rehearsed until two in the morning until they were tired but they did to their best ability they gave God their excellence and they did such a good job you know in our hearts in our lives that's our desire that should be your desire that we give God the very best that we have how many of you know we don't give him just a little bit or average or mediocre, mediocrity? We give to God everything because he has given everything to us. Amen. Amen. So I'm so proud of them. But more so I'm proud of the God that we serve. We've come together in his house today. He said wherever two or three of you get together in my name, I'm going to be there. He supports us. He shows up, doesn't he? So the moment they started singing, they didn't get in till yesterday. Climbed off the bus. They were tired. Angie sent me a text before church. I was on my way to the church house, and she said, she said, Ray, they are like laying over in the pew. They're, they're sleeping. They're trying their best to get rest. I said, you just encourage them nicely because I totally understand. I didn't get home till 2.30 this morning myself. We totally understand. They've given their best. But didn't they do a great job this morning, though? They did an awesome job. They did a great job. The Bible says, when we read in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, say the word all, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not 
all of his benefits. How many of you know there are benefits in serving the Lord this morning? Amen. Benefit. What are some of them, David, as you're writing in this psalm? What is it? He forgives all my iniquities. How many of you have been washed and redeemed and forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ? Who healeth all my diseases? Who redeems my life from destruction? Who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that thy youth, my youth, is renewed like the eagle? We've come into his house today, and he's worthy of us to, if we did nothing but the, for the next hour and a half, we did nothing but lift up wondrous praise and glory to the creator of the whole universe and the world. If all we did was just lift up his name, it would be well worth our time. Amen? It'd be well worth it. But right now, I want you to help me. Let's not let a rock cry out in Middletown this morning. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. Let's use our voice. Let's use our hands. Let's give him glory and honor and praise because he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the glorious, omnipotent one. And we love him this morning. We love you, Jesus. We honor you, Father God. We bless your name and we welcome you, Holy Spirit, in our midst. Touch your people and minister in this time that we've come together. We will never fail to lift your name up and give you glory. For we bless you and we thank you today. Amen. Amen. Well, that's wonderful. I want you to turn around and look at somebody and say, it feels good in here. It feels good in here. If you are visiting with us today, and I know we have some folks who are here for the very first time, thank you very much for coming, being with us at Stratford Heights Church. We've already been in one service, and man, the power of the Lord was here. So I know it's already warmed up and we're ready to experience the presence of God. We thank you for being here, for choosing us today. This is a, a little bit of a different service for us, but we're, we just wanted to pull out our very best foot forward for you if you were visiting because we think our young people are pretty cool. And we love them and we honor the work that our leaders, our pastors doing with them. So we wanna, we wanna celebrate with them today the wonderful, wonderful things that God has done over the last couple of weeks. They have had a busy, busy summer. And our youth pastor, Pastor Cameron, and the leaders that work with him, I'm sure they are exhausted. I keep running from Cameron. I know he's trying to hit me up for a raise, but I'm going to keep running for a few weeks. I'm kidding. Wonderful young man. He's doing a great job with our kids. We're thanking you for being here. want to make sure you get around to as many people as you can. And shake hands. We're going to do this for a few moments, and then we're going to show you a video. So if you will, turn around to 500, 600 people and just say hello and welcome them into God's house today.
feel younger? How many of you feel about 10 years younger? It's one good reason to choose Stratford Heights. Put our young people up there, make you feel too, at least 10 years younger. So put that on a billboard, huh? God bless you. You may be seated. I want to show you a quick video this morning as we're moving through the service about a brand new support group, a family a ministry group that's going to be started by our health and wellness ministry in our church. Sister Rhonda Johnson heads that up and her and a, a bunch of folks, ladies, amen, does a wonderful job. They, they work throughout the year. Uh, if you've ever had your blood pressure screening, if you've done that here, you're welcome to be a part of that. They, uh, they do it every month and they check for you and uh, I go by there and get my, my blood pressure checked. Um, they do several different things throughout the year. They, have, they sponsor a prayer walk. That happens to get us out there doing two things that glorify and honor God. That's physical fitness and, and also prayer together. They do several things throughout the year getting you information about how you can be more spiritually and holistically like through emotions and, and you know, your physical body and just things you can do because you are the temple. How many of you know we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And we need to take care of this temple. It is our responsibility. I'm not the greatest at that and I work at it. I'm working harder and harder all the time. But we've got to be very aware of the body that God's given to us and take as good a care of it as we can because it's borrowed. But I'm thrilled with what Rhonda does with the team of leaders that she has. They're going to be starting something that, again, as I said, they, they work on the physical, the spiritual, the emotional. They work on different ways that they can minister to our congregation. And one of the ways that they're going to be ministering in a new a new ministry, a new group, is a, is a caregiver support group. Now, if you've ever had an opportunity to love someone in their last season of life, then you know exactly what we're talking about. I've been there, and many of you have as well. 
We've noticed and I've seen in my own experience that while it's, it's hard enough and what a struggle and a, a battle it is for that person who's going through a season of sickness and possibly one that would, would bring the end of their life. It's hard for them. There's ministry to them that happens most often through the closest family members. You become the caregivers and you know that burden, that weight, because it's filled with the passion and the love you have for them. You would do anything for them Yet at the same time, you feel like you can't take another step. That you're about as empty as you can be. You're exhausted. You don't take care of yourself. So we understand that and know that. And I'm so thrilled with the burden and the vision that Rhonda has for this ministry because I've seen it as pastor through the years. And I've always recognized that that was a very special need. So they're going to be uh, starting a brand new support care group. And I want you to take a quick look at a video we prepared, they have prepared, and it gives you about uh, information on the very first event. out in the lobby this morning after service talk with Rhonda and her leaders that are going to be there and uh, get some information about that event the first event on August 26th I think you'll really enjoy it and it's a ministry that's going to touch your heart and many others Great is your faithful. 
Hallelujah. Great is his faithfulness. If he did it for one, he'll do it for another. 
let's raise our hands in this place and let's honor him for his faithfulness. Lord, we're so thankful for what you do in our lives. Lord, you're worthy to be praised. Lord, you are faithful. And because of what you do, Lord, because of your love, Lord, you move in our lives. And we honor you this morning, Lord. We praise your holy name, Lord, because we know that if you did it for one, you'll do it for another. Lord, and we thank you. Lord, and in this atmosphere of praise, Lord, in this atmosphere of your presence this morning, we turn to you now, Lord, in prayer, and we lift up the nation of Israel. Lord, we pray for the peace and prosperity, Lord, of that nation. Lord, your word says that those that bless Israel will be blessed. Lord, and you want to teach us that there's blessings in faithfulness. Lord, and so we want to be faithful, Lord, as we pray for them. Lord, and we pray for our country here, the United States of America. Lord, we pray that you would give wisdom to our leaders and that you would be with our people here, our families, Lord, and our church, Lord, that you would move mighty through us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that they would see our faithfulness, Lord, to you. Lord, and that you bless that and you honor that. Lord, and we'll never cease to give you the honor and praise that you're worthy of. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful, this youth praise team? Such an anointing over Angie and the whole youth department. Just wonderful how they lead us into the presence of God. Our ushers are coming now to serve us as we continue in our worship this morning. There's a great passage about the attitude of giving in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And this is from the Amplified Version. It says, Now remember this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows generously that will reap generously, that the blessings may come to others, and that you would be blessed. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose. I love that part how it says to give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he has decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. See, there's many ways that we can give. We can give what's extra, or we can just give to give, or give to just to give. But God says that we should give on purpose, thoughtfully. See, and God's desire that the whole world would come to the knowledge of the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And so as we give this morning, and we give purposely, we're giving so that that mission can be accomplished. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you this morning with a joyful heart. Lord, we come on purpose and with intent, Lord, we give to you this morning. Lord, it's our desire, as it's your desire, that the saving grace, the good news, the hope of Jesus Christ would come to those that are lost. Lord, we pray, Lord, over this offering, we pray that you would bless it, Lord, they would meet and exceed the needs Lord, of the ministries that are supported by the giving here today. Lord, I ask that you would bless the giver as they give this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
That's the sound of a 17-year-old that's given his gifts and talents and life to Jesus Christ. Anybody can, can play a, a song, but what that was was the anointing of God on his gifts and talents. And we're so thankful for that today. We wanted to, like Pastor said, we, we get the next few moments to share a little bit about what's been going on and what God has been doing in our youth. And especially, not just that, but, but you're going to be surprised. You may have came in and said, oh, it's the youth group today. But I'm just going to tell you, it's not the youth group, it's Jesus today. You're going to experience what God's been doing. And, and we believe that you're going to leave out of here and you'll be glad that you came. I just want you to see what God has been doing. We want to thank our church for our support this week at International Teen Talent. If you don't know what that is, we take our groups and different categories all throughout uh, Teen Talent. We go and we compete in the state level. And when we get past the state level, we go and compete in Cleveland, Tennessee against all kinds of young people from all over the world. Thousands of young people and groups from Jamaica, from the Caribbean, from Canada, from New York, from all over this country. We got to go and compete and, and not just compete, but build relationships and to uh, excel in our gifts and talents and give those to God and and we sit before judges and do this and they kind of critique us and help us to be better and I just want to say if I can without being emotional how proud I am to be the youth pastor to some of the greatest young people I've ever been around their attitudes down there at Teen Talent would just uh, we can we can do that just amazing their attitudes down there, their hard work, their passion, their devotion, it's starting to get around. They're starting to get a reputation down there for their passion and desire for the things of God. And I can't wait to, uh, to be a part of that even more. I want to tell you, we took, I, I made a mistake and said 17 last week. And actually we had 13 entries in the international teen talent level. And I want to tell you that 10 out of those 13 uh, entries either received honorable mention or received a trophy. And so I just want to tell you that that is a pretty amazing thing to see that happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just point them out just because I don't normally get a chance to do this and I want to do this today. I think it's right and appropriate. If I call your name, the drama team and different ones just stand up so they can recognize as we go through what we entered in. The Relentless Drama Team, would you stand up? They entered into the group pantomime, which was incredible. All of the judges gave them an incredible score and said that it was powerful and, and incredible. They also entered a group skit, which got honorable mention among group or uh, drama teams from all over the country and the world was incredible so I want to appreciate the relentless drama team for their also Brennan Brennan Abney I'm not sure if she's able to be here this morning she entered an interpretive movement something I've never seen anything like she did and it was powerful and incredible and I just want to appreciate her today also entering in the art category, Mr. Luke Baker entered into three different categories. One of those was runner-up, which was this drawing you see here of uh, Robin Williams. He drew that. And so this trophy next to that is his. He also was honorable mention in another one and, and art, another art piece. Music, when we move to music, moving right along, Scott Jackson, if he'd stand up in the hot box back there, he entered into percussion which is the, one of the most competitive events, and he's shined 
for our church and made everybody look good and all I did was cry the whole time at how proud I am of him. He did an amazing job. Also, our large ensemble. If you were part of that stand up, our large ensemble directed by Angela Tackett received honorable mention. And our choir also, our youth choir also received honorable mention, which is what you heard this morning. Kaylee Childers, if she'll stand up, she competed in one of the most uh, competitive, also one of the most competitive aspects to uh, teen talent, international teen talent, the female vocal solo aspect, and she received an honorable mention, which is just incredible, with the talent that was there, she did an awesome job, and Luke and Chloe Baker competed in the group, let me get this right, it was a group, small group ensemble, correct, and they were also honorable mention, so much so Chloe's sick this morning. Worn out. Also, all right, here we go. You're ready for this. Here we go. Also, Luke Baker. We want to recognize him. He participated in the piano uh, part, that piece that you just heard, and he's just a show off. I just want to tell you, you're just a, just a show off over there. Wow, that was just amazing. He received honorable mention for his piano piece. So proud of him. And also, he's going to be a junior at Carlisle High School this year. So he's young still, but he received, he was the, of 120 participants in the male vocal solo he received, he was the runner-up in male vocal solo by this much. That's this big trophy here. So we're proud of them. Also, before you stand and recognize, we gotta, I gotta get this in, Bailey. I promised if he's in here, I promised Bailey. We also won the eating contest. Come on now. In the Battle of States, did you stand up for that? Oh, there he is, right there. Kid didn't eat all day so he could eat from the eating contest. We also won the tug of war in, in Ohio. OH was a runner-up in the Battle of States. We want to thank you for your support for our young people. Can we appreciate their hard work, dedication? Man, how awesome it was. I try not to scroll Facebook if I don't have to, but a couple of times I did and noticed how many people were watching uh, from the church and they watched the award ceremony, they watched them compete, they posted about them and it just made us feel like there was a church behind us and so proud of us. It wasn't just us down there doing it, our church was with us and that's what it's all about. We're not a church service, we're a church and we're thankful to feel that aspect of things. I also want to thank a couple of ladies and I know you may think I'm tired. Actually, I'm just old when you look at me. I, I'm just old, that's what being a, a parent does to you and all of that. But, but I have a couple of ladies that have been with me all summer. They've traveled across the country with us and they also traveled down to Tennessee, and they have worked all year long preparing, pouring into our students, making sure they're ready for worship, making sure the dramas and the fine arts are just absolutely in tip-top shape and absolute excellence in worship and everything they do, and both of them give of their time and they serve. They serve out of their hearts. They serve our young people, they serve our families, and they do it every single Sunday. They do it every single Tuesday. They go on these trips and take off of work and their family to go on these trips to bless our young people. And I just wanted to recognize them today because they pour their hearts 
And, and I just want to tell you how thankful I am to minister alongside of them. And I wanted to recognize them, Miss Angela Tackett, if you would stand up, and also Miss Christina Martin. We want to thank you for your hard work. It's, uh, it's often said that you are who you surround yourself with. And I think I'm doing okay because I'm surrounding myself with some good, good people there. So today, also, so we just want to thank you for that. And we appreciate all of your support in sending us to Teen Talent. We had a great time. And next year, we're bringing home every trophy. Somebody say amen. All right. We're going to show a quick video if we can.
to talk a little bit about some things that happened in Oklahoma. The trip was just incredible. And I mean, Pastor Cam just did a phenomenal job. Every time he grabbed the mic, he was just anointed and used by God. It was great. You know, just starting on Monday night, you know, the kids, they were, they were so hungry. And it was just a contagious hunger. Their hunger was just contagious. And on Tuesday night, I was praying with a young lady and I just felt in my, the spirit just stopped me. And he said, I'm using you to prepare them for battle. I'm using the, you so that they will stand firm in me, that they will not waver, that when storms come, they will know how to fight. And each, each night I felt like the Lord was just instilling in them a new tool to use as a weapon against the enemy. And even in our own lives, like we have to stand, we have to fight. You know, we can't just stand. We have to speak against the enemy and for our victory. And I, as I was praying for that, and it just throughout the whole thing, I just felt like God was just pouring into them. And at the end of the, the week, I was, I was thinking about all the camps I've been to and all the conferences I've been to and how, you know, we would have these miraculous things with God. And like, sometimes it felt like the fire would go out. And I'm like, Lord, not these kids. These kids, they're gonna burn for you. And I, I was just asking him like, why does this happen? And God spoke to me and he said, when you become satisfied, you stop seeking my face. You can't stop seeking his face. You have to constantly seek his face. You can have a moment with God, but you have to decide to pick up that moment and carry it with you. It's just a moment if you leave it there. You have to carry it on with you. And I just felt that so strongly that, and I just was like, Lord, I don't ever want to be satisfied. We need to cry that out. We don't ever want to be satisfied, Lord. We want more and more and more of you always and forever. Great. Can we just worship him one more time? Can you stand all over? Do you believe the Lord is great? Can we just pray right now? God, we glorify you. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you for all you've done this morning. And we thank you, God, for what you're about to do. We give you all the glory this morning. We lift you up in this place. Jesus, you are great. You are great. Hallelujah. You give life. You are loved. You bring life.
Amen. In case you didn't know it, we're in the presence of the Lord. Something happened about five minutes ago. I know he's been here, but there's something that happened about five minutes ago, and I feel like a rush from heaven has filled this place. And I feel like saying this today. If you have a need from the Lord, now's a great time to give it to him. Now's a great time to lift it to him because we're in the presence of the Lord. Anything can happen. <laughs> we're in the presence of God. That means anything right now can change. They're going to sing this one more time right here. And I don't know about you, but I just want to lift my hands to the Lord right now and reverence the fact that he's here right now. And who knows what could happen. Some of you I was talking to you before, and there's things you're dealing with in your body. Well, guess what? The one that created that body can touch you even now as you praise him, as you give him praise and thanksgiving right now. God can do it. The amazing and wonderful God that we serve, he can heal and touch and save. And he can put back together anything that's broken this morning because he's God and he can do it. Somebody give God praise as we worship him. you right now listen when it's talking about it says dead things it was talking about these bones will live I'm telling you I don't know what God wants to do in here today but I believe in the power of God I believe we're not just a, a country club that's come together for a little meeting here on Sunday I believe there's power of God in this house and if you have a need I'm talking you got a need where you need God to speak something that's dead in your life it might be body sickness it might be a relationship but whatever it is if it's serious enough that it seems dead in this world i want you right now to go for the hardest thing you got and i want you to lift that up the bible says lift up holy hands i want you to lift that up to god if you want heaven to be right aware of what you're doing obey the holy spirit right now lift up your hands lift up that need 
cry out to God. Let the breath in your body praise Him and honor Him because He's here today. Hallelujah. It's your breath. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. There's something that just happened. There's something that just happened that some of us are going to feel the rest of our lives. There's something that just happened in here that God did, that God accomplished, that we're going to carry with us the rest of our lives. Our families are going to benefit from it. Some of our grandkids are going to feel what we just felt right then just because of what God just did. Can we put our hands together and give God praise one more time? Jesus. We trust God and do what God says. God does the rest. And he has never, ever, not even one time lost a battle. He's not even broke a sweat in the midst of a battle because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'll go ahead and say this. The devil is not God's enemy. The Bible doesn't say the devil is God's enemy. The Bible says he's our adversary, the devil. The devil can't even step up to God because what God says goes. The last time the devil stepped up to God, he fell like lightning to the earth. God can do whatever he says and whatever he wants. God can do it today. And he has just moved on your behalf today because God loves us and cares, us, cares for us. I'm so thankful for his grace. Be seated, if you will, and we're going to move forward today in what God has, is doing and already doing. We, as you saw, we, I didn't even expect this. This group, once again, has just blessed me, not surprised me, but just strengthened me in every way. We got on the bus to go to Oklahoma, which is my home, by the way. I moved there when I was 12. At 18, I got saved. 
in an altar in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma on a Sunday night service. Heaven forbid, I got saved on a Sunday night in an altar and I got to take these young people, my heart, my heart and my life, I got to take them to my home and got to show off what God is doing in their life. On Thursday night before we left to go to Oklahoma and minister in the church I was pa a youth pastor in for 10 years and also the, the church that Whitney grew up in on the back end of that, we got to go. But the Thursday night before, I was we were doing a prayer meeting and all day I was just scared or worried and concerned. I said, Lord, we just this has to be a great prayer meeting. We've got to launch out and I was just praying and believing God, John. And when we got there that night, I just sat back and let them pray me through. They prayed and they repented for an hour of any sin they may have had they called upon it and laid in the altar and prayed and cried and when I left there if I wasn't saved I left saved so they, they prayed me through I was saved I'm just saying that they, they blessed me and touched me they were ready to go and you know what the Lord said I just wanted to remind you that I'm not sending you I'm sending you all and he sent us to Oklahoma together as a group and they ministered in services and they did things way out of their comfort zone. One of the young ladies shared in the 9 o'clock a.m. service that she has dealt with anxiety her whole life or at least recently so much so that she would never get on a bus and travel halfway across the country and go do anything, much less go to a camp and do this. And we talked to her and she said, you know what, I'm not going to let this fear hold me back. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe God. She got on that bus with a, a couple of tears fighting that. And by Wednesday night, she was ready to live there. She didn't want to come home. Let me tell you that God is greater than any fear or anxious thought we may have. When we put our hope and trust in the Lord, God can touch and God can move. And all of these young people have great stories. And so I wanted to ask if I could, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring uh, Shannon, if you would, come. She's going to come and share just a, a few minutes. Would you help me welcome to the microphone to share a little bit about her trip and what God did, Shannon Bates. Um, our Oklahoma trip was awesome. God, he changed me, and I think he changed all of us, not just the kids. But um, it was just awesome to see these kids, you know, some we didn't even know what they were coming in with, but seeing broken hearts put back together, you know, um, one of the girls actually messaged me on Instagram, and um, she said, you know, thank you for praying for me because it changed my life. And it's nothing that I did, and it's nothing that any of us did, but one encounter with the presence of the Lord, that changed her. One encounter with someone who loves her more than anybody could ever love her, it changed her life. And um, I think it was the Wednesday night service. Um, we were praying for kids, you know, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And something I just kept hearing in my head was, this isn't it, this isn't it. And I shared this a little bit at camp, but um, I just kept hearing that in my head. And I believe what he was saying for that camp that night was, you know, the last night, don't give up. You know, he has so much more for you. But as I kept thinking about it, um, I just kept, you know, he just kept reminding me of that. And I believe what he's saying is that what happened there can happen here. It can happen all over the world in this generation. And this, what we are experiencing now, that's not what he, he wants us to go further. And he wants a revival to come to this generation, a revival to come to our churches again. He wants us to, you know, take off complacency. And he wants us just to be hungry for him. And he can't move in us. And he can't do anything in us unless we're hungry. Unless we say, God, take everything that I am. Take everything that I have. God, I don't want it. I don't need it. But God, I need you. Because you are the only thing that satisfies me. And you are the only thing that can ever change me and change this world. And he wants to change us. He wants our hearts to be open. He wants to do so. I don't think we realize how much he wants to do through us. 
he would, I don't think we realize how much he wants to do through us in Middletown and all the, all the places that we're coming from. He wants to do so much through us and he has so much for us to do. But are we ready? Are our hearts open? Are we saying, God, here I am, use me. Use everything that I have. Take everything, God. Whatever it takes, God, I just want to be used by you. I just want your presence. I want your power, God. I don't want anything else. And I just pray that, you know, that you don't just take what we're saying, and like, oh, they had an awesome trip, but let it change you. And let it show you that he has so much for you, for each and every one of you, for this church, and that he wants to do great things through us. How about that? How about that? And Marty, would you come? Marty Tech, would you help me welcome Marty as he comes and shares? Can you imagine hanging out with this group for a week and a half? Um, I don't know how to describe it. There's a scripture I want to read because I believe that this is probably the best description I can give you. And this is in 2 Corinthians 3, and it's in verse 18. We'll go to 17 and 18. It says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Let me tell you, there's some liberty in worshiping God and serving God. The next piece says, But we are with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. Now, when I look at that, I'm telling you, we had liberty the entire time. When you go on these trips, I mean, you're, you're connected in a way that, that you don't get connected to on your, your normal weekly church services. And when I look at this scripture where it talks about going from glory to glory, I thought about the first Sunday at the Southern Hills Church of God where Pastor Cameron practically preached camp meeting services every single night. I mean, it was just incredible services, incredible preaching and, and music and drama. But then I, I, I watched, because I challenged the young people as we went, and we had the prayer at that Thursday night that, that God will only use what we give him. That, that he's not just going to take us and use us. We have to offer ourselves to him. But if we do that, he will take us, and he will use us and anoint us. And I'm telling you, this, this group did exactly that. We went into a place where we thought we were going to, uh, to minister and I believe, just like this scripture says, that we are changed into the image. And it happens from glory to glory that as each day went on, I started to see their gifts and their talents that they're offering up to God. I began to watch God anoint that and use that as they're ministering in the altars and ministering the services. It was the most powerful experience. I can't, I can't express to you enough um, how important these type of trips are for young people. I believe revival is here. You know, we talk about revival coming. I'm telling you, I don't know how you get this many young people on a stage on a Sunday morning after they have been completely exhausted for weeks without revival. I say revival is here. Amen. Amen. When God does something, I, I want to share, if you will, stand your feet with me really fast, and I'm going to share the scripture. And then we're going to move forward today. Just ask God to touch us. Matthew chapter 17, verse 20 and verse 21. He says, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly, for truly, I say to you, if you have faith, if you have faith, if you have faith, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. And it will move. 
and nothing will be impossible for you. God, we love you. We praise you. Touch us. Strengthen us, God, as we shift today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I believe you can be seated today. I'm just going to share just a few minutes. I know that we're low on time, and, and I could grab each one of these kids that you see wearing this gray T-shirt and the ones wearing the red T-shirt. I give them, give them a microphone and let them testify. Some of the testimonies that they have would absolutely cause you to just, your, your faith to just increase and soar to, to new levels like it never has before. But I want to say when God does something, when God does something, we have to hang on to it. When God moves and God blesses and we have these moments with God, like Ariel talked about, these God moments where God comes in and a miracle breaks forth, God touches us, He increases our faith, He ministers to us, great things happen, revival that's here breaks out in us. Let me tell you something, we've heard a lot about revivals. I've studied about revivals for the last 10 years and I've looked at them in different churches where it happened and I'm not God and I don't choose where that happens and how it happens and I, I certainly don't, but I, I do know that when God does something, we've got to hold on to it. We've got to do something that maintains the faithfulness that, that comes to, to carry that glory to glory to glory to glory. We've got to shift. We've got to shift into a new gear. I'm, I'm, people around me uh, get annoyed because I love the word shift. I don't know what it is. I just love that word, and I'm not trying to be a TV preacher, but it's just what's in my heart and what's in my life right now. And I woke up two days ago praying about today's service and what would happen, and I really felt like in my heart and my spirit, I felt like I heard gears shifting. I felt like I heard things that were happening that God was up to, that God was doing, that God wanted to make known to people that he's not forsaken us, that he's not left us alone, that all of these things that we've done in private, God is going to honor openly. I just felt Jesus when I said that. He's going to honor our faithfulness. He's going to honor the little things that we've done. But listen to this. I know you're adults and you know what the word shift means, but I'm still going to break it down because I love it. It's to shift. It's to move or cause to move to one place to another. To move from one place to another. To get out of where we've been into a new season. Into a new place. I don't know about you, but there's nothing more powerful than to know that God can pick me up from where I am. And take me to a brand new place because he's God. And he can do it. But listen to this. It says, especially over a small distance. A slight change in distance. A slight change direction, in direction or tendency. It's funny when we think about a shift we think about moving from one place to another but but the important part about a shift is it's small small shifts actually make the difference small changes actually bring long-term transition or or transformation small transformations are actually the small things actually lead us to our destiny we live in a moment driven society if you have social media, you, you know that. Everybody seems to want you to know what they're doing at all times of day and what they're doing and how fun it was and how incredible it was. I heard a statement the other day from somebody that said, when we were young, we used to, to go have moments and take pictures to capture those. Now we go, we go to, to take pictures and, and, and have a moment. Like instead of capturing the moment with pictures, now the picture is the moment nowadays. And so we live in a, a moment-driven society. And, and some of us in our relationship with God, that's where we are. We're, we're going from moment to moment to moment. And moments with God are great because they point us in the direction of our destiny. But it's the small things that actually get us to our destiny. 
It's the small habits, our daily habits, the things that we're doing all the time that are actually going to push us forward into the things of God. You look to your right and you look to your left and you can remember if you've been here very long, you can remember moments that have been had in this place and moments that God has moved and touched and the people that God has moved and touched on. And some of them are not sitting next to you anymore. Some of them are not there anymore. They're not sitting with you. They're not here with us anymore. They had a moment with God, the same moment that me or you may have had with God. It was real. It was powerful. It was impactful. It was incredible. It was God that moved, God that touched, but they're not here anymore. Let me tell you something. What's going to guide us to our destiny is a word called faithful. It's a word called trusting in Him. And faithfulness comes in the secret place. Faithfulness comes when no one else is looking and we don't know what's going on. Nobody else is there to take a picture and capture it on some picture or social media post. It's, it's what we do in the darkness that's going to carry us into our true destiny with the Lord. A, a small thing can make the difference. When I woke up two days ago and I heard that, I felt like the Lord wanted people to know that, that He is going to honor your faithfulness. That you may be in a place where you don't think it's going to happen, but I'm going to tell you what today the Lord wants to remind you that He is the faithful one. That He is the one that looks over you and watches over you and He's the one that's going to bring fruition to the things that He's spoken over your life. But we have got to be faithful. We've got to trust God even in the small things. When we think about faithfulness, we think of all of these big things. And we'll talk about faith in a minute, how we think of faith as being believing in God. But believing in God is not the kind of faith that God calls us to. It's trusting in God. That is the faith that he's calling us to today. I want to share this with you. We, we live in a world, like we said, that big moments, they, they point us The small things get us to our destiny, but uh, being faithful in the small thing, God will promote us to the bigger thing. I just pause there for a minute because I just think that that's something that we've got to get down in our heart and our life. That when we're faithful in small things, God promotes us to bigger things. One thing I woke up with today is I heard the Lord keep saying, and I feel like to remind of forsake not the, the small thing. Forsake not the small thing. Get back to the little things. That's what's ultimately going to bring the fruit. That's what's ultimately going to bring the harvest. It's not the big thing that we need to be looking for. We need to be continuing to be faithful in the small things. Some of us, we're banging our head against the wall. Some of us, we're, we're scratching our, our, our cell because we're so frustrated and desperate. But I want to tell you today that, that, that what we're looking for, we just need to continue in the faithfulness and the things that we've been doing already. Gears are shifting and God is getting ready to promote some somebody today. God is getting ready to promote somebody and somebody's going to come into a breakthrough. Somebody's going to come into a transition. Somebody's going to come into the fulfillment of the promise of God. And I'm just going to tell you today, I don't want you to faint. I felt like the Lord said, don't quit too soon because he's going to bring the harvest about. He has seen your faithfulness in the small things and God is going to bring it to pass in your life. We hear this story, this scripture in Matthew 17 where it speaks or Jesus tells us that uh, about faith, uh, the size are like a grain of mustard seed. We have faith that small and if you know anything about a mustard seed, it's the one of the smallest seeds you'll find. You can barely see it. If I had it in my finger, uh, you wouldn't know if I did or not right now because it's that small. It's so small and I have a, a bunch of those in an envelope in my office just to remind what it takes, and, and not just what it takes, but, but what's inside that seed. 
You see, that seed, the mustard seed that we talk about, when it's planted deep in the ground and it's watered and it's nurtured and the small things are done to that, that little seed that seems so small, all of a sudden, after years of, of that uh, after years of that faithfulness to it and that watering to it and all of that, it grows up into this monster tree, one of the biggest trees you've ever seen. It started small, at least it looked small, but let me tell you, it wasn't what it looked like. It was what we, it was capable of. It was what's on the inside of that. And what the Lord tells us today is that anything is possible when we believe. Anything is possible when we believe and we trust in God and we're faithful to believe and trust in the Lord, God can do great things. This is a story. I, I grabbed the scripture out of a story that's very familiar to a lot of us. And if it's not, you're going to become familiar with it. It's a story of a frustrated, desperate father. His son had been in, in the book of Matthew. You look at Matthew and Mark. There's two depictions of it in the two, those two gospels. And, and there's, two, there's some different um, dynamics to it that you read in both of those. And it's kind of interesting. You check that out later on. I, I, want, I want to talk about that to somebody later. That's an interesting conversation. But, but Matthew chapter 17, it shares of a father that in the book of Matthew or the gospel of Matthew, it says that the father was under the impression that he was having seizures. The father was under the impression, the Bible tells us, and he said he comes to Jesus and he says, my boy has been having seizures. Jesus didn't say he was having seizures. His father did. That doesn't mean that everybody that has seizures has a demon. It just means this. It means that some of us are, are the problem that some of us are encountering, it, it's more spiritual than we thought. Some of the things that we're coming up against, and, and like I said, it doesn't mean if someone's having a seizure that, that there's a devil that's doing that. I don't know. I'm not God. But, but what it does mean is the father was under the impression that he was dealing with something natural. But when he brought him to Jesus, Jesus revealed that what he was dealing with was actually something supernatural. And he was the only one that had the power as we put faith in him to cast that thing out of him. But he came to this, to Jesus, and he said, my son, under the impression he was having seizures, he has seizures, and he falls into the fire, and he falls into, tries to drown him in the water, and all of these things. And he said, for years, he's dealt with this since he was a boy. You can imagine if you're a parent, you can imagine if you're a believer, if you've dealt with anything for years at a time, your faith can all of a sudden begin to waver. Your faith can all of a sudden feel beaten down. It, it, you can feel desperate to, to get your son who's been going through this day after day after day, and it just seems like there's no hope, and you feel like giving up, but you don't give up because you love them. You don't give up because of who you are. You're their father, and you love them, and you believe that th there's a, a, better, uh, a better report that's out there for them, and you continue in that, and you continue in that, and you don't give up. You don't give up, and the Bible says that he, he came to Jesus, and before he, where, when he came to Jesus, he told Jesus, he said, listen, I brought my son to your disciples, and they could do nothing with them. How many of us stop at that place? We do what we think we're supposed to do. We, we bring our situation to God or to godly things, to godly people or, or whatever it is, and we pray about it, and we pray about it one time, and when it doesn't happen, we quit. We lose faith. We, 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 give, up, we give up what we have been believing for, and we just accept the faith that this is just how it is, and this is the way it's always going to be, but this father didn't do that. The, the Bible says in, in the book of Mark, actually, in regards to this story, the father repented of his unbelief, but actually he's commended here for his faith. 
because his faith was one that didn't quit. I just want to preach that to somebody today. His faith was one that just said, you know what, it doesn't matter how, how bad it gets. It doesn't matter how desperate it gets. He had a good day this day, a bad day this way. I'm still going to believe God. I'm still going to come to Jesus. I'm still going to trust him and ask him to do the miraculous because I know he can do it. And this is what had been through so much. His faith was beat up. He was desperate in every way. But listen, but listen, he did something that, that's so important. The Bible says, here's the shift, could have quit, could have stopped, could have given up on his faith, quit too soon. But instead, the Bible said after he went through the disciples and they could do nothing with him at that particular moment, we know later on the disciples were endued with power and the Holy Ghost came upon them and they did even greater works than Jesus had done. And we're still called to do that in, 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 in regards to the, what the Bible says. But, but what happens, he brings then, he comes to Jesus. And this is what he did. He came to Jesus this way. This was the shift. He came to Jesus and the Bible says he knelt before Jesus. How powerful is that right there? To kneel. To kneel. The Bible says he, he came to Jesus with his problems and instead of just throwing his problems and saying to God, you should do something about this. Instead, he came to Jesus on his knees and he said, Lord Jesus, my son is dealing with this. I don't know about you, but if I want to shift, if I want something to really maintain and to really continue in my life, I've got to stay on my knees. That's a small shift, and guess what? No one's taking a picture of you praying. No one's capturing the big moment of you praying. That's just called faithfulness. Matter of fact, when you wake up in the morning and you roll out of bed and you get on your knees and you give thanks to God and you ask God to touch you and you ask God to strengthen you and you ask God to help you, there's no one there with you that you think. But there is one, and with him is the host of heaven. And all of them are watching, and all of them are paying attention, and, and they're all giving attention to your prayers. They're all giving attention to your praise. They're all giving attention to your yielding to Him in prayer. And although it may not be recorded in this earth, all of heaven sees it. And let me tell you something, I'd rather have the Lord on my side than anybody else. Because if He's on my side, He's going to bring me through. Bishop Les Higgins, a, a few weeks ago, he said something that was so uh, simple. And true, and it connected with me. But he said, every morning I wake up, I'm in over my head. <laughs> and that's, that's been ingrained in my prayer life since then. I realize, yes, I'm in over my head as a dad. I'm in over my head as a husband. I'm in over my head as a youth pastor. I'm in over my head as a Christian. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I mean, I can't do it by myself. I've got to submit myself to the Lord every single day. And when we talk about I can't live this Christian life, you're exactly right. You can't live this Christian life. That's why we need the Holy Ghost. That's why we need the power of God. And that's why daily we need to submit and surrender ourselves to the Lord. What a small shift. What a small shift to, to wake up to hit our knees. I want to tell you, I made a commitment a long time ago to do that every morning before I went anywhere else to talk to the Lord. And it's absolutely changed my life. How we start something, how we start something matters. That small shift just to spend time in prayer. Also, this is a, a small shift that happened that was incredible as he brought his kids to Jesus. He brought his kids to Jesus. Now I'm just going to take this moment as a, as a youth pastor to talk to parents and grandparents. And I recognize in today's world many grandparents are raising their kids. But I'm just going to tell you Jesus is going to make the difference in your young person's life. 
You can give them to Pastor Cam, and you can give them to Pastor Ray, and we're going to do the best we can. But let me tell you something. When you put them in the hands of the master also, he can do anything with their life. He can, he can use them and raise them up. Even if they have blue hair, somebody say amen. <laughs> Sorry. Penny's like, amen, amen. He can use them if we put them in God's hand, but he brought his kids to Jesus. Now you say, well, I do that all the time. I pray for them every day. No, no, no. Bring them to Jesus. Not just pray about them, but bring them to Jesus. Now, now here's the thing about this that, that's interesting. The, the shift that happened, he brought them to the Lord. What, what seemed insurmountable, he brought them to the Lord, and the Lord said, come here. He was almost frustrated at the lack of, of unbelief in, in his disciples and those. He brought the boy to him, and, and the Bible says that Jesus commanded this devil, this demon, to come out of him, and through shrieking in the book of Mark, it says, and all of these things, the, the power of the devil came out at the word of Jesus. And I want to tell you what seems insurmountable in the, in the spectrum of God's power, that what seemed insurmountable in that man's life and that family's life bowed its knee and it bowed low that day because of the power of Jesus. And I just want to tell you today that God can do it and that God is able to do it. He brought his children before Jesus. He brought them before the Lord. Listen, there, there was a, a friend of mine that I grew up with, not, not at this church, but another church I was at. And I was working in kids' ministry a little bit, helping out with that. I noticed that her kid wasn't there that day. And just to be a, a good pastor and to love on her, I just said, hey, we miss so-and-so today. Is she okay? Is she sick? And she goes, no, she didn't, she didn't come today. And I said, oh, you know, she's sick. She said, no, she didn't want to come. Just didn't want to come today. And I was like, ouch, you know, ouch, okay, okay. And, uh, and, and I said, all right, well, that, that's cool. And uh, she said, you know, I don't really want to make her come. You know, I want her to want to come. I want her to want to come to church. And I said, baby, she's seven. She's seven years old. She doesn't want to come to church. You know, she doesn't understand what that means. She doesn't get it and, and, and all that. You mean you're going to leave it up to a seven-year-old to choose to come to the Lord or not to the Lord's house? And I said, she's seven years old. And I, I wasn't judging her, and I'm not trying to be mad, but she gave a seven-year-old the choice of whether she wanted to come or not. I didn't want to be dragged her to church. I didn't want to be one of those parents. Well, look at the pulpit right now, because this is the fruit of one of those parents that got, or one of those kids that got drugged to church and brought to church, forced to go to church sometimes. I had to go to church, and when I tried the old routine of, of pouring the hot sauce, in the, the toilet and saying I threw up, the Holy Spirit told my mom that was hot sauce and I was in church anyway. So don't act like you didn't try that. Go ahead. I'm not the only one. <laughs> but, but listen, we have a responsibility to teach our kids what faithfulness is. We've got to teach them to do that. We've got to continuously bring them before the Lord. The, the man, the, the pastor, the, the man that's sitting on the front row today and this incredible, lovely uh, worship leader for our young people today, they're the product of a mother that was on her knees and brought them to Jesus over and over and over and over again. And yes, you just heard pastor say there were times where he didn't want to come to church and guess what? He came anyway. His mom brought him to church. I'm just preaching right now and everybody's getting uncomfortable. You know, I didn't even know I was a pastor's kid for a long time. I just thought we were supposed to be in church. I did for a long time. I didn't even realize that I was the pastor's kid and I was supposed to be there. My parents didn't teach me that there was an image to uphold as a pastor's kid. They actually taught me just to be a Christian. 
and to live. And I'm glad. I'm going to impart that to my own girls. They don't have an image to live up to. They just have to be faithful to the Lord and serve Him. And He'll bring about that fruit. But listen to this. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. It says in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, that without faith it's impossible to please God. Without faith it's impossible to please God. And it says, and he who comes to God must believe that he exists. Amen. He must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If we quote the word faithful, the word faith is in there. I can't have faith if I'm not faithful. I've got to remain faithful. Pastor said something the other day that, that touched my heart and ministered to me. I wasn't even here, and I saw it posted, and I've just been praying, it, and it's been in my heart, and I feel like I'm just going to bring it out. But he said, the only way we fail is if we fail to be faithful. And I want to be faithful today. I want to trust the Lord. I want to know that, that there's something that God has for me, that God is taking me to. And I want to tell you something today, that these shifts, these shifts actually bring about a harvest. These shifts actually bring about a harvest. You can see the fruit of that faithfulness. God is the one that's faithful. If we're faithful, he's not a man that he should lie. He always honors his word. And I want to encourage somebody today as our drama team comes. I want to encourage you today that God knows where you're at. That God is going to do it. And for most of you, a lot of you today, God's already done it. Even in this service today. He's moved and he's touched and he's healed. And I want to tell you. That you do not have to be ashamed. You don't have to worry about what you've done. You keep doing these things and being faithful to God. And this revival is going to grow. This revival, it's going to catch and it's going to burn. It's going to burn in your employer. It, wherever you're employed out, it's going to burn. Wherever you live, in your neighborhood, wherever it is. Because God is God. He's a consuming fire. Let him come and consume us with the power of his love.
you stand, please? Scripture says in Psalms 91, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee. Can you say amen? power of the love of God. We're seeing it in the lives of these young people today. I'm seeing transformation take place. I, I was looking into their faces. I was looking into Shannon as she was testifying under the anointing and I thought, wow. I mean, she's, she's a sweetheart. She's a precious young lady. But I'm looking at her and I'm seeing that anointing, the fire of the Holy Ghost on her as she's talking. I'm looking at Jonah this morning I'm seeing the anointing of the Spirit of God. I'm looking at these singers. And, and when y'all were doing this drama, I'm, I'm looking at people taking an ability, but giving that to God, and I'm seeing the power of the anointing of God's Spirit. How many of you know this morning there is a God in heaven, and He is still ministering and transforming and changing lives? We're going to close. We've gone long today. I hope you appreciate it. Have you appreciated all these young people? I couldn't add anything more to the message, Cameron. Pastor Cam, that was an amazing message. Touches my heart this morning. But what I get to leave you with is encouragement. Because if you have a son or a daughter, if you have a husband or a wife, if you have a friend, that they seem to just not get it, they, they're living their life headed towards a brick wall. You don't see any transformation. You don't see any God moments. You don't see anything happening in their lives. Let me just tell you something. There is more power in the Holy Spirit. I love what he said. The devil is not God's enemy. He's our enemy. I love that because you know what? That means only one thing. The enemy runs in fear whenever you and I stand under the shadow of the Almighty. The Almighty is his, is his enemy. He doesn't want anything to do with him. And when you've got people that need life change, and you, I want you to just do something. I, I was sitting there, and I started praying for friends and family and people. And I started thinking, I, I want to see a miracle happened with this one and I started praying right while they were doing that that drama just now and I started praying for this one and that one and that need and I said Lord this one seems like a hard case but I'm gonna give that one to you too how many of you know the power of the Lord is able to do anything have you just got this much faith add that to faithfulness add that to faithfulness this much faith stir it up in a pot with faithfulness Stand back and watch God move. Stand back and watch Him move. Some of you are products of the miraculous power of God. See, I believe in a God who's alive and well. I don't believe in serving religion. I don't believe in serving a denomination. I don't believe in serving preachers or people. I believe in serving a God that is alive. And the breath in my body comes from Him. The heartbeat in my body comes from Him. And I'm going to live out my faith. I'm going to live out my praise. You've come into a house this morning where we believe in giving Him the kind of praise the angels are giving Him around the throne right now. The Bible talks about it. 
and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive glory, to receive honor, to receive riches and power and blessing. That's the God we're serving this morning. We want to cart, cart, we want to compartmentalize. Oh, that's a big word. We want to put him in a box. Well, he's got to be Presbyterian. Well, he's got to be first church or second church or third church. Oh, he's got to be Baptist. Everybody knows that. I tell you, God isn't in any of our boxes. He don't have membership in any particular church. We're all just doing our best to get as close to him as we possibly can. And you find yourself a place where the presence of God is real. And you can trust in him. And how many of you know you can trust him this morning? I believe he's here. Wherever two or three are gathered together in his name, he said he'd be right there. And we're here today gathered in his name. Don't listen to the enemy that tries to discourage your faith. Stay faithful with your faith. I love it. I love it. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here today. Possibly that you have never prayed the prayer to receive Jesus into your heart. I would never close this service out without giving you an opportunity to accept Christ into your life. He's already done all of the hard work. You need only respond to him. You don't have to do anything. Somebody said to me just a few weeks ago, said, Pastor, I, I can't live it. I can't do it. I can't do what you all do. I, I can't do it. It's too hard. Too hard? Jesus went to the cross. Jesus paid the price. Jesus has rolled out a red stained carpet for you to walk by faith and to let him strengthen you, empower you, transform you, and change you. There is nothing you need to do but just acknowledge him and give him the rightful place as lead and Lord of your life. And if you will do that today, the work, the hard work has already been done. Somebody say amen. It isn't too hard for you to live for him. You just don't want to. And I feel sorry for you that you don't want to because that means all of creation has not yet touched you. Holy Ghost has not yet touched your heart. You're someone who needs desperately to cancel all appointments. Go lock yourself up in a room somewhere and get a hold of the creator of the universe. More important than where you work, more important than where you live, more important than what you do in your life. There is nothing more important than the decision that you make for the creator of the whole world and universe. And right now, right now you have that opportunity. You can get out of the box that you've been in and God can set you free. As I said, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I would just want to know, who am I going to pray with today? As pastor, we're just going to lead you into a prayer that takes you right before the throne. You came here today, you thought you were just going to be in an easy service and get out. But I'm here to tell you, God has an appointment with you right now. 
He wants to change your life. And if you're here today and you'd say, I need things right with God. I need to get right. I need him in my life. And I want to pray that prayer, Pastor. Include me in that prayer. Stick your hand up as high as you can. Hold it up and we're going to, there you go. One, two, three, four, five. Anybody else? Six. I'm counting you because you're important today. We're not going to write it down anywhere. We're just, we want to know who we're praying with. God bless you. There's seven of us now. We're going to pray the prayer to receive Jesus in our life. There's eight. Is there anybody else? I'm going to receive Jesus today. I'm going to let my life be transformed and changed. God is touching me. I do want to live right. I want to be connected to the creator of the world. Is there anyone else? Last few seconds. Last few seconds. God bless you. There's nine. All right, church, let's... Let's like good hosts that we are. Let's lead every one of these people in a prayer that will take them right to the throne of grace. We get the privilege of helping them walk right up to Jesus this morning. It's a simple prayer. It's not a magic formula. If it doesn't come from your heart, it doesn't change a thing. But if you mean this from your heart, you're as ready for heaven as Billy Graham is or any other Christian you've ever known. You pray this prayer from your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. You are Jesus, the Son of God. Forgive me of my sins. I believe all of this in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth. You are the Son of God. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, according to your word, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a Christian. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I would apologize for it being a few minutes to 1 o'clock, but you know what? They did too good. I'm too proud of them. They did a great job today. God bless you. I want to remind you, if you're a first-time guest today or if you've been here for the last couple of weeks and you've not yet got to go by to the meet and greet, in the bookstore today, we're, the staff pastors are going straight to the bookstore and we're going to greet you. If you'd like to stop by, there's some refreshments there. We'd like to meet with you for a few moments. Please take a few moments and stop by the bookstore. Right out here to your left. God bless you. And we'll see you tonight. 6 o'clock p.m.